0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Live Live. And let's go straight into self-published because we've so much and so little, so much uh, uh, fantastic offerings and so little time. And uh, let's begin with Pat Smith, who's in Leopard Sound. Pat, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. Thanks for getting tell, you and your team for getting back okay, to me. Okay, tell us about your book. You have about two minutes, starting from now. It's an incredible okay. song. It's 380 pages, no less. Yes, 380 pages, and it's about 322 golf course, 18-hole golf courses I played over a period of five and a half years, north and south of the island, east and west, everywhere in the country. Um, I did this tour because I was in Galway <laughs> many years ago in the early 90s playing three early morning games of golf when I visited yeah. Galway with my wife Dinah and I enjoyed the golf so much I decided I would play a lot more courses and somewhere during those years, about 10 years, I came up with the idea of playing every single 18-hole golf course in the country which I completed in 2016. How long did it take you to do that? And how five and a half, five yeah. and a half years. And how's your how's your family? <laughs> They're good. Have you seen much of them? <laughs> well, I see more of them now. <laughs> but during those years when I was travelling, I had a very patient and supportive wife. Oh, still okay. have. Okay. Still and have. But, but did writing the book not detract from your passion playing golf? No, not at all. Not that at all. Okay. I played the course, I'd take notes of what I liked about the course and that evening I'd go in and write up a review of the course and uh, th that's where it came eventually. Um, uh, three weeks ago I tried to find publishers but they didn't seem interested. Yeah, so I was advised by Pat Ruddy, a well-known golfer of the European club, to consider self-publishing yeah, and, and eventually I got round to that as well. And uh, no less than Dermot Galise, the golf card for Sunday Independence, says the author, uh, Pat, uh, Pat Smith, who's on the phone, the author has confronted a daunting undertaking with admirable honesty. In fact, it is the most accurate and informative book of this type that I've come across, which is some endorsement. Now, I notice the scoring system you have, the highest, the highest score I could find for a course was 95 out of 100. Would that be correct? Or did you go higher? Did someone... I, I, I... I think there's one that's of 96, as far as Ooh. I can remember. It's one, it's one of the Lynx golf courses, and all the Lynx golf courses uh, around the country get the highest scores of somewhere between 90 okay. and 95 Ross, or 96. Ross Appena, the old head of Kinsale, they're, they're way up there as well. Now, yes. some of them, and I won't mention them, but some of them are down at 58 out of 100. Well, it depends on the design I and know, the I know. on which the course is built. And some of them are quite nice, but they wouldn't be as attractive, say, as the well-known Lynx courses. It's called 320 Shades of Green, 320 Golf Courses, an Irish golfer's passion, Pat Smith. Where can they get it, Pat? I have um, a, a new website, okay. and it's called 320shadesofgreens.com, okay. and you can order it and... Use PayPal to pay for the book. Okay, and it's three. Uh, it's, or you can you can contact uh, me if you know me, or if you know of me, you can mm. contact me um, by phone, and um, okay. I'll but, arrange to have the book sent. Yeah, you. but three twenty, and that's the new, the number three twenty. Not don't spell it out. Three two zero shades of green uh, by Pat Smith. Well done, Pat. A magnificent. That that is a lifelong achievement. 
And it's only no one has ever done no one has ever done it before, have they? Yes, they have. Oh, they have. Okay. Uh, Yes, it it was done about fifteen years ago by a man by the name of Kevin Markham, who's a golf journalist. Well done, Kevin. Well done. But this, well done, uh, Pat. And Pat, what do you do in real life? I'm retired, but I worked in the health services for 38 years. Well done. And Thank after I retired at the end of 2010, I went on this golf tour for the five and a half years. Good lad. What, a, what an endeavour. We'll, we'll tweet the photograph and the details in a few minutes at Joe Liveline or at RTE Liveline. Well done. Congratulations, Pat Smith. Congratulations. Thanks. Let's go to Maureen Comerford. Um, Walsh Island. Where is Walsh Island, Maureen? Oh, Walsh Island is uh, North Offaly. It's a um a bog island in North Offaly. Okay, and why did you write a book about it? Uh, well, uh, one of our, um, uh, Mikey Foy uh, had a lot of history passed mm-hmm. down to him through the generations and he wanted it to be recorded. So uh, we got a group together and in his memory we uh, produced this book, uh, History of Welsh Island Through Its People. Well done, well done. And um, where can people get it? It can be got uh, through the uh, Offaly Historical Society in Tullamore that can be ordered yeah. online uh, through offalyhistory.com and it's in Ryan's Bookshop, High Street, Tullamore, Hopper's, Walsh Island, um, Darcy's, Mount Lucas, Burns, Geishel, uh, Scully's, Dangan, Whelan's Bookshop, Port Arlington, Supervalue, Port Arlington and in our own parish of Clambalogue, it's in the local pub in Clambalogue and in Bracna, it's in the local shop and it's 20 euro. And it's well worth, I tell you, it's well worth 20 euro. You have things like the history of the area, stories of uh, various yes, things uh, d- yeah. during the Civil War, the War of Independence and beyond, the w- right. going back to the white boys and the ribbon men all around oh, Irish, right. Irish Land Commission. And then you go into yeah. the peatlands, turf cutting at Monavan. That's right. And it's uh, then religious vocations, just yes. different people. And then it goes on and on and on. There's then there's different yes, uh, yeah. stories. Well the done. Stories, family family stories, which yeah. were um, we, we encourage local families to write their own stories. And some of them are very well established families in the Welsh Island, but others have come from um, most recent, more recent arrivals, and they brought their stories with them from okay. other parts of the country. And there's also lots Lovely sketches and photos I in the book, that. and it's really well. It's really well laid out as well. Congratulations! Oh, thank you very much, Joe. Really clear and um, concise. Some lovely paintings, fantastic photographs in it. And uh, as I say, you can open it. Just flip it open, and you will exactly. get. You can read. Start anywhere. It's called a history of Watch Island through its people. Its people, yes. Watch Island being um, Watch Island being a bog island, as I said. Okay. We're surrounded by bog, the bog so, being part of the Great Bog of Allen. Okay, and it's right. by the Walsh Island Historical Group, and you're speaking that's on correct. behalf of them, Maureen. Yes, that's and, exactly it, Joe. And tell them you did very well. You did very right. well. You Thank did very you, well. And happy Christmas and to you, too, and, to, and, and, and many, to the team, and to yeah. all the people who bought the book, and all the people right. who will buy it, Joe. And well, and well done to all the people and uh, all the members of the various historical groups and societies around the country. It's a fantastic, it's a fantastic endeavour. It really is, and really, really important for the the history and keeping everything going. And this yeah, book, so this book will last. Will. If this book was to be dropped into the bog, God forbid, it would last for many, many years because it's like it's very sturdy it's very sturdy yeah. well done yeah, well done yeah. Maureen that's Maureen Comerford where are you Peter O'Shea you're back good afternoon to you Joe would you ever stop killing each other below in Cork for God's sake what's this I know it seems to be it seems this to be 20 murders here alright how many what volume is this 
This is the sixth book now, and um, I suppose it's it's kind of got confusing because there's so many areas of Cork, and I suppose it's obvious that there's another one or two books in the city as well. And it's called Murder so, Most Local: Historic Murders, and this one is of Central Cork, which was the which was the one. I know I know it's hard to pick one, but which was the one that mesmerised you most? Yeah, the one the one the image on the front cover of a woman walking away down Blarney Street kind of really kind of kind of uh, struck me and it's it's called Who Killed Betsy Milan and, and it's from eighteen fifty four and it, it just possibly resonated with me at the time and, and mm-hmm. it's just how the story pans out and this woman, you know, and how people that shouldn't be connected with each other back then due to the class society and then it just leads to leads to this woman being lying on the road one morning and most likely, it was the murderer that came along back to the scene and found her. You know, and, and, it, and was there any? There was someone convicted. Uh, there wasn't actually, despite him being walking around behind her yeah. for a whole oh, day. Okay. You know? Jer- Jer- Jeremiah Connors. Yeah, and that's how the story is probably taken interest. Really, sometimes it's completely obvious who done it, but it's just how it legally plays out. And, and this was in eighteen fifty-four. But but what was Jeremiah's motive, Peter? He, he was basically having it away with this woman, Betsy Milan's sister, for a long time, okay. and he probably he, in love with her. And, 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 you know, due to the class system, they were never going to be allowed uh, to, to, you know, set up, set up shop together. And uh, I think he just done it out of pure spite for the, for the matriarch of the family then. And, uh, wow. But it's, it's, it's how he... It's all the evidence against him, and, and mm-hmm. nobody's seen him do it, but... You know, it's this murderous thing that they have to come back to the scene to see what they've done, and yeah. there he is the next morning. He's the person to find her. Uh, Ger- you know? Ger- that was Jeremiah Connors, and then the Fitzgerald. What happened to Fitzgerald Park in nineteen oh four? Two men. Yeah, that was a bizarre, bizarre case. There's a guy, guy living in Cork in a lodging house, and he just goes missing, and then the the, the police get a bit suspicious, and the suspicion kind of kind of arrives at a, a, a retired policeman who should have known better, and then the retired policeman's pawning a watch that everybody knows is belonged ah. to this guy, the little Yankee, and he comes up with all sorts of stories. But I suppose the real killer here is that the motive, there's no obvious motive at all, and why does he do it? Why, why does he bother going to this much trouble? Why does he hide us? And, and, and the retired policeman should have known how he was going to get caught back, but he it's just not clear the motive still isn't clear as to why he would or you know and what what was the motive for the killing of uh, farmer John Denley in 1930, yeah, uh, 1836 in Ballyhooley that's all about land though and the, uh-huh. and the real old thing in Ireland that you should never take on an evicted farm and, and only some people in Ireland were brave enough or bold enough to do it and the, the whole countryside would turn on you Again, and, another and another magnificent achievement and another magnificent archival uh, record of these um, th- these horrific horrific killings. And where can people get it? So they can get it in any independent bookshop in Cork and online. We're on Buy the Book, like so many self-published authors. Uh, we're on Shop in Ireland, and some of the bookshops in Cork would be online as well, like Vibes and Scribes and and Phillips Books. So they can get it online there as well. But any any bookshop in Cork really, I suppose. In time, we'll maybe move out of Cork and there's murders yeah. in our county too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> and again, brilliantly produced. As I say, brilliant. But jump out on any, on any bookshelf and any bookshop, as I've said before. It's called Murder Most Local, Historic Murders of Central Cork by Peter O'Shea. And you're not finished yet, Peter. Sure you're not? No, I suppose yeah. it's just 
just how the interesting cases keep popping up all the time and yeah. just when you think you're finished you'll say look oh geez I like I like the sound of this one so at the moment now I'm writing Cork City and finding just as interesting things you well know, done, things well done. it has to interest yourself and then, then you'll write yeah. about it and you, and you write about them as well by the way with great sensitivity you really do uh, well done that's Peter O'Shea murder most local historic murders of central Cork now he mentioned uh, one of the killings was over land which over the possession of land the ownership of land which reminds me of the great John B. Keane and I think the first time I ever came across the name of Lyra Crumpon it's not a beautiful name was in a John B. Keane uh, short story well Lyra Crumpon and District I'm doing lucky dips now into our box Lyra Crumpon and District Journal stories and uh, local history from the Lyra Crumpon area in County Kerry and um, if you just if you google that it will um it will tell you very very quickly how to get uh, how to get access to this this book and um well well done again another lovely uh, another lovely um uh, compilation Joe Harrington and K K O'Leary were involved in Lyra so well done that's Lyra Crampon and uh, District let me grab one this one is called Street 19 Finlater Street stories now Finlater Street in this case I thought it was up off Aberdeen Street at the Phoenix Park where I used to uh, live. No, there's a Finlater Street. There's probably about 50 Finlater Streets and and uh, if not more in Ireland. This one is in, in Glass Tool. And it's a collection of 19 stories, recollections and observations uh, arising from my time living in 19 Finlater Street. And um, as, you, as uh, Martin says, uh, you will meet in here a time of innocence and ignorance, incidents recollected here which presage much larger, much larger national news events of 20 years ago. And again, uh, a lovely, lovely production. Uh, that's called 19, it's called Street, 19 Findlater Street by Martin Swords. And he is the spitting image, the photograph of him on the cover. He's the spitting image of uh, Richard Gere, except even more handsome than that film star. OK, let's, uh, where's Mike Rogers? Mike Rogers, oh, look at this one. Give, give us the name and tell us about it. Fabulous Icons. Fabulous Icons, yeah. Uh, well, it's basically, um, so many people ask me uh, uh, how I got to get where I did in the, the rock music industry that I thought someone has to put this down on paper. Okay. And it is yeah, your life. Think, and, and how did you get well, to where you are in the rock music industry? Well, I just think um, I, I used to work as a musician and then mm. I discovered that uh, uh, somebody who needed a musician to look after his guitars uh, hired me and then I went on from there to the next job to the next job and so I ended up working with people like Pink Floyd. And um, and then spending a lot of time in Ireland, which is why I came to this uh, okay. fabulous uh, idyll, with uh, Def Leppard, who are known to many people. Of course, yeah, they um, lived here, yeah. Yeah, they made this their second home. And it's also to show people that anybody can do anything if you want to really get there. Um, but you have to be good at what you do. It's not a... Um, not just a pre, not just an amble through life. It's, uh... And so, you yes, uh, this, this, uh, the, uh, Who took all the photographs, Mike? Who did, where did you collect all the photographs? A lot of well, them I've I, never, I've never seen before. Uh, well, a lot of those are mine because I yeah. actually lived and worked with the band as a, a, a mother a hen for a, a, a number of years through touring and recording. 
But the, the, the valuable pictures in that book are the black and white ones taken by Ireland's own Una Williams. Oh, great. Who's a, a, a highly vaunted um, photographer in mm-hmm. photography circles. She gets a lot of awards and things. So anyone who's but, interested in music, anyone who's interested in Def Leppard, I see that's the photograph of you with Elton John as well. Um, oh, and yeah. And the, the, the life on the road. And life on the road looks... Looks tiring, Mike, at times. <laughs> it looks tiring. There's a lot of people dozing after a gig or on, in the tour bus going from A to B or whatever. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, yes. Where, where can people get the book, Mike? Well, uh, basically, it's, it's available through eBay and um, Amazon and our own website, Fabulous Icons. And okay. It's only available through those things, but... Uh, it does uh, catalogue my the start of my years in Ireland, and I've been there since uh, well, seventy nine, eighty. I've lived in Ireland, and uh, when I le- left Def Leppard, I went on to work with um, the Waterboys, and then with um, another rock band, No Sweat. Um, okay. So, and that's uh, here I am, tucked away in deepest County Leash, very. Um, uh, comfy and cosy, and I, I write uh, regularly about fabulous icons because you can't cover every snippet of history in one book. It's uh, of you know, not. It, yeah, okay. There are many, many, many small elements that can be um, emphasized. Okay, well so done. I do a regular post on. And thank you for having well, us on. It's been really it's, nice. It's it's called fabulous fabulous icon, and it's by. Uh, Mike Rogers, well done. And for anyone interested in the rock scene um, over the last, what, 40 years, 50 years even, yeah. and giving your, giving your age away, um, <laughs> we'll, find, we'll find something. We'll find something. Uh, and you have a story in there about uh, Harry Crosby uh, helped you make it to a gig, the entrepreneur developer. Yes. He, you, were, you were stuck and he got you one of his trucks. Yeah, that's right. Well, it was a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Um, the no Sweat and another band were en route to do a gig in, in Limerick or Cork, and one of the trucks, one of the three trucks, broke down, the most essential truck. And the only person I could think to call on a Sunday afternoon was Harry, because I knew him socially. Okay. And Harry and said... He, he delivered. So what, yeah, he said, what, he just called one of his drivers and said, drop your rig wherever it is and go straight here and well pick up this trailer. And he, he saved the day. It was brilliant. <laughs> and he loves, he loves rock stars. He loves rock stars. Uh, oh, they they, they love him. Them. Yeah, <laughs> would like the, himself. Yeah, I do. Love them. Mike Rogers, good to meet a market of a heel. That's Mike Rogers. Um, another book here is called The Harm Done. It's Community and Drugs in Dublin. It's written by Barry Cullen and he's, he wrote it. Um, it's a detailed account of the harm that was done to individuals, families, communities and continues to be done as a result of the failure to introduce new harm reduction measures, especially supervised drug and injection facilities. And it's a, it's a part memoir as well and it's a social history of that awful uh, plague in Dublin of the drug problems. But it's written with great analysis and great experience because Barry Cullen has been uh, in that whole area for 40 years, if not longer. The book can be ordered through a secure link. It's called KF Cullen.
kfcullen.ie very simple and will be delivered overnight and as I say that book is called The Harm Done by Barry Cullen Community and Drugs in Dublin uh, Life Threads a collection of photography affirmations and poems to inspire this is a gentle a relatively thin, beautifully produced, magnificent photographs and it has poems and reflections and it's uh, tapping into that wonderful new area that a lot of people, thankfully at last, are tapping into and that's uh, mindfulness. And that can be... uh, that can be got through if you go to Orla, very straightforward, Orla at orlaphotography.ie. Couldn't be simpler. Orla at orlaphotography.ie and Orla is based in Mayo for that lovely tone. There's a Timmy Waddle, Timmy Waddle, the story of a young grey like goose that got lost on his way from Iceland to Ireland. And it's written by Sister Maria Therese Brosnan. And the beautiful watercolour illustrations are by Michelle uh, Scott. And um, uh, Sister Maria is a member of the Cistercian Community of Nuns in uh, St. Mary's Abbey, which is uh, in Glencairn, which is in the Blackwater Valley. And I was reading one of the books yesterday was the doomed, the story about Mitchellstown Castle. And I was reading it last night, and it's an awful tragedy what happened. That incredible it would be one of the biggest if it still if, if it still existed. Mitchellstown Castle would be one of the uh, most popular tourist sites in the country because it's one of the most magnificent castles ever built built on these islands where it was born down in the in the uh, War of Independence, and lots of the the stones from that massive castle ended up in the Cistercian Abbey, ended up in various places around. So there's um, so so there's a connection there. And uh, I'd, that book is it's not for two-year-olds. I'd say we're talking about 10 and 12-year-olds, but it's, again, beautifully produ- produced. Sister Maria Therese Brosnan, uh, Timmy Waddle, and as I say, is illustrated by Michelle Scott. And as I say, she is easily found because Sister Maria... Is in St Mary's Abbey in Glencairn in Les Lismore, which also has a beautiful cap- castle. Back after this. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Willow Woodland and the World of Yesterday by Kiva Flanning. And this is Section L's really uh, children's section. Again, uh, beautifully produced. Um, it's uh, um, Kiva's from Castle Blaney in Bonaghan. Um, she lives in a cottage in the countryside with her husband and two children, Aria and Cohen. Uh, her art business, Willowwood Lane, sells prints and greeting cards of my original drawings. And uh, she, Kiva tells us the book is a magical fairy tale inspired by nature especially the natural beauty of the Monaghan landscape. Isn't it great here Monaghan mentioned every now and again? Yes, they, and I think, I think everyone in Mayo has written a magnificent book at this stage about their beloved county. But uh, Kiva's written about her beloved Monaghan and she says it will be the first uh, and she hopes to be an enchanting new series for readers aged seven plus and can be read to those even younger. And it's available to buy on this website as turning out to be a great aid to um, 
to self-publish books, which is what we're doing today. It's available to buy on um, buy the buy the buy the book B U I one word buy the book dot I E. There's two beautiful uh, children's children's books there to put by. Uh, Marie Marie, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. Your book it's is Mary, called Mary. Okay, Mary, your book yes. is called. Third time looking at table L two. Ooh, say no more. Oh, well, I'm telling you now, Joe, I've been listening all morning to the yeah. wonderful authors and books, and I'm just about to bring the tone down, I'm you afraid. You are not. Tell us. It's, <laughs> it's adventures and looking for love. And it's what adventures to, and looking for love, yes. And what to expect when online dating. Yes, Ooh. that's it. So... I'll take you to a, a, a quick outline. I had to, <laughs> I found, I, I didn't have to, I found myself going online dating okay. about 10, 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was a lady of a certain age, let's say. Mm-hmm. So this book is written for women in their kind of late 40s, okay. 50s, well, 60s, young. beyond. That's very young, yes, yeah. yes. Yes, thank you, Joe. It followed, it kind of follows my entry into the online dating, which mm-hmm. was quite different 12 years ago to what it is now. But the third time lucky means I went online dating three times. So I wasn't successful the first time or the second time, even though I met very nice people, I have to say, it just didn't work out. So the third time lucky, I was third time lucky. And friends of mine used to say when they heard my dating stories, I I won't tell you, Joe, how many dates I went on. Just say there were a lot. Okay. 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 Lots of lots of coffees, lots of coffees, lots of glasses of wine, and a few dinners. You know. (laughs) And then you have. um, Well, there is a whole section on my dating stories. Now, tell me, tell me while while I have you there, uh, Mary. Go. What is what is breadcrumbing? Okay. Now remember, because, remember, uh, Mary. There's, there's children listening, but tell us, Andrew, what okay. is breadcrumbing? I'm, I'm, I'm very PC, Joe. <laughs> yeah. So breadcrumbing is what I learned from this. First of all, the, my adventures or misadventures and on dating are all the different personalities that you meet, and one of them is the breadcrumber. So mm-hmm. you know, you, you're online dating. You match with somebody and you start a little conversation and they draw you in. They draw you in nicely with nice conversation or yeah. promises of meetups and mm-hmm. you're chatting away to them and suddenly they disappear. Now, they're not ghosting. They just disappear for a week to make you wait, you know. Oh, okay. So you're just beginning to give up when they come back again. And it's, it's all the chat again and the nice chat and we must meet up. Generally, the breadcrumber never meets you. <laughs> they keep throwing you breadcrumbs, thinking you are going to meet. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> but they never meet. And so what's, that, that, what, what's, that's the breadcrumber. And what's future dating? So that's very similar. So future dating is the guy who comes on and actually makes a date. He actually makes a date with you and you chat for a while, you know. In this book too, at the end of every story, Joe, I'll I'll finish the future dating, but uh, at the end of every story, I I put in my learnings, what I learned Mm -hmm. from each date I went on. And I put in the advice there on how to look out for these things. So the future dating is the guy or the girl. I mean, it's written for women, but men have similar situations, you know, they have similar problems. 
but he promises you the date and you get ready and you're all ready and you're heading out the door. Sometimes you're even in the car, Joe, you're ready to go there. Yeah. And the date is cancelled because mummy is sick or he has to, you know, work late or whatever. So can we rearrange the date? And we do because things happen. Of course you're going to rearrange, course, course, you know. Yeah. So things happen. But the future date is that. He just always leaves it uh, in the future. Yeah. 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 And and how are you now? <laughs> Good you should ask, Joe. Oh, I'm very yeah. forward, yeah. Well, I mean, the, it says there in the title, Third Time Lucky. Ah. So I was lucky. And I was lucky at Table L2. So Table L2 is a local cafe wine bar called Ponte Vecchio. It's in Killaloo. Okay. And in the Ita- it's in the Italian quarter in Killaloo, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah Just yeah, behind yeah. the Chinese quarter, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Now you have it exactly. It's where love stories begin, ah. Joe, at this particular table. Well, I felt comfortable dating there and I met this gentleman. Well, first of all, I should say that I did pass this gentleman out a few times mm. because in his photograph, I know this sounds very shallow now. I'm not really this yeah, I shallow. Know, I'm, I know, quite, I know. I'm quite deep. But <laughs> he had a moustache, Joe. Oh. And I, I, you know, moustaches ah. don't usually do it for me. But uh, COVID intervened and we could only meet within our county and go for walks and things like that. So I said, anyway, I had done the long distance thing. I didn't want to be driving too far anymore. And he, this gentleman uh, was only across the bridge from me. Ah. So we met Joe and to say he swept me off my <gasps> feet is oh. the truth. I was a long time waiting, but, you know, okay. I found my... My third time. The bridges, the bridges of County Clare, and he was across the bridge, and it wasn't. He was across the bridge. It wasn't the bridge (laughs) over trouble. And and can I can I be forward, Mary? Are are we still together? We're still together, Ah. and that's where we're going to stay. He's my final chapter, Joe. Ah, we'll have you'll have the final chapter of the book. And you know what else, Joe? Yes, he still has the (gasps) moustache. I don't even see it anymore because the gentleman is so he's so nice and so good. He'll kill me now, but anyway. See, I was that's looking okay. like I was uh, that's okay. There was a fantastic <laughs> interview with Dick Spring. Remember Dick Spring, former Tons of Minister of Foreign Culture do. And I he do. has a fine, fine mustache. And yes, he's he always has. look he's always had a true thick and thin. But there's a brilliant a, a, a really wise piece of uh, advice and uh, answers he gives and I think it's nearly two pages yeah. in last Saturday's Irish Times. There's about four photographs of Mr. Spring in it. Okay. But in each we'll photograph is, his moustache gets bristlier and bristlier. It's only gorgeous. <laughs> but the, the interview is the interview is well yeah. worth reading. You're reminded yeah. you're oh, reminded of what a what a powerful yeah. intellect and a, what a powerful politician yeah. well, he was. Okay, and he's in the he's in the county near across the estuary there in County Kerry. Yes, Tour time lucky, yes, where can where can we get it, Marie? We can get it in Charlie Burns in Galway, Nina Bookstore, oh, yeah. Mary O'Connell Books at gmail.com or it is on Amazon. And what about Ponte Vecchio? Oh, Ponte Vecchio is still our favourite place to go. Yeah, but I better say it. You have a few... Oh, yes, it's yeah. in Ponte Vecchio. That's yeah, what yes, I thought. Thank you, Joe. They'd kill me if I went yeah. over. Uh, I'm expecting a free glass of wine for mentioning yes, Ponte Vecchio. Beautiful, beautiful yeah. bottle of that. Uh, 
Montepulciano. Okay, well done, well be, done. It's a great. Before, it's a, we yes, up, before we finish up, yes, before we finish up, Joe, yes, can I just say yes. uh, to anyone thinking of writing a book, join their local writer yeah. group. It's the best way forward. I joined the Kilu now one with David Rice, and um, it is just we've had wonderful books out out okay. from that group. And I just want to mention uh, to remember Lorraine Byrne, who uh, passed away this year, oh, and okay. her book was just published called I Will Find. Do. Oh, and well, uh, it's just published by her husband. Well said. So well I, said. I got well, to say that, and thank yeah, well you so done. much. Thank Joe. you, thank you. That Loving the program. Likewise, uh, likewise. Uh, thank you. Yeah. That's Mario O'Connell, uh, Mary, M- Michael Houlihan. Like, Hello. This book. It but like, well, how come it's taken until now for someone like yourself, magnificently, to put together on Nolig an Irish Christmas reader? Explain, explain what's in it, Michael, and why you decided to compile it. Thank you, Joe, for the opportunity, yeah, and it's lovely yeah. to be here. Um, I've been, I've always, since I retired there about eight or nine years ago, I've always been writing a little bit, mostly mm-hmm. local history. Yeah. But along the way, I was get, sort of gathering information on the Irish Christmas, on Nullig, as we call it, uh, different aspects of it. And I, I, I began to put them all into one file, and I eventually had enough stuff to kind of make a chronological story of the past Irish Christmases. Yeah. Starting with uh, Bruno Boyne, starting with Newgrange, and the solstice, which is tomorrow, uh, Mm -hmm. the 24th of December, uh, the midwinter festival. And in time then, we progressed from that, which we had been observing. When I say we, what we Irish had been observing, for, for well, even before we were Irish, if you like, for thousands of years, uh, it was with the Anglo-Normans then that we began to do the Christmas side of it, things. And I, look, I just got a whole pile of good stuff. I found contemporary writings yeah. through the ages, and I just said, let's, let's shove it all between the covers. And we've got writings by Maria Edgeworth, the wonderful Elizabeth Bowen, um, Michael Hartnett, uh, Torlick O'Carroll, and Frederick Handel, um, Dubliner Nathan Tate. It's just... I, I, what, what I find uh, fascinating about it going through it earlier, uh, Michal, is that, um, is that you had to go and get permission from all of these various publishers, writers. And I know from writing a few books myself, it's, it takes a long time be times to try and track down who owns the copyright, even for one line from a poem. But well Absolutely. done, and you have all yeah, your you. you have all your permissions there um, at the end. You have a bi- beautiful bibliography, and then you have notes and sources, and their uh, permissions and acknowledgements. And it is it is fun. And the, the the cover painting is from where? Because that's that's beautiful as well. That was a, that is a painting done by Daniel MacLeese. Now he was the chap who did the wonderful painting in the National Gallery of the marriage of. Uh, uh, Strongbow and Oh, Ether. Strongbow. Oh, that and this is another one of his yeah. paintings. Oh, wow. Christmas at the, the Baron's Hall. So I thought we'd try and keep it as uh, Irish as we possibly could. Well, there's many, many reasons to visit our National Gallery in Merrion Square. A thousand reasons, but one of them up there is... Um, the marriage uh, of Strongbow. Um, it is a magnificent piece, and it's only recently been, been extensively restored. Yeah, well done. Where can people get on Nullig, an Irish Christmas reader? Where can people get it, Michael? 
It's available locally. I'm in County Clare in Ennis, but it can be got in the local shops here. But if people are, are farther afield, I would suggest, and I've already heard it mentioned yesterday, mm-hmm. go to book, buy the book. Buy the book, yeah. Buy the book. And, and they'll find it there, and we'll be happy to try and get it out there as soon as we can to people. Okay, buythebook.ie um, seems to be, it's established itself as a great portal for self-published books. Well done. Yes, well yes, done. Congratulations, yes. Michael. Thank a you gem. kindly, it's, Thanks it's very a, much. It's a gem. It really is Thank a you. gem. And, and I should mention, of course, Patrick Cavanagh is in there, and you go through all the different stories that are built, are built, are set around Christmas. The Diary of Theobald Wolftone, Christmas 1796. Bantry yeah, Bay. That was, a, that was an unfortunate event. It might have and, uh, changed our for, good fortunes, but it yeah, didn't quite come to pass. And his entry... And he stood off, uh, off the Cork coast for the whole of Christmas in 1796. Yeah. Anyway, and, that's just one of the... And this day, the, the, tomorrow in 1796, December 21st, at Theobald Wolftone wrote, and it's in this beautiful book. This morning at daybreak, we are under Cape Clear, distant about four leagues. So I have, at all events, once more seen my country. It is the most delicious weather with a favourable wind and everything in short that we can desire, except, except our absent comrades. What of yeah. the general? The French, obviously. What if the general should not join us? We are now nine o'clock at the rendezvous appointed. Stood in the coast till 12 when we were near enough to toss a biscuit ashore. And you you keep with the diary until December 29th. I won't even tell you. And then on the next page, we have Christmas spice beef recipes. It's beautiful. It's called A Nullig, an Irish Christmas reader by Michael Hoolhan. Buy the book. Uh, dot is it dot com or dot ie? Convince dot me. I. Dot, dot ie. Well done. Well remembered. Okay. Thank Don't you indeed, it. Michael. Albert and Juliet is is a, a self published book by. Uh, pronounce your name for me. The uh, your first name, Lynchet. 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 No, Lynchet. Think of a lane way going up to a church. Lynchet. Lovely. What a beautiful name. And it's not just Albert and Juliet. Um, um, it's Albert, Albert and Juliet. Love. Lost liberty. And who who is the story about, Lancia? It's about my parents who were mm. refugees from the Second World War. Wow. Um, and um, well, I wrote it to right or wrong, okay. and to let people who never knew my father hear the truth about about um, about him, as they they you know a lot of people just knew nothing except uh, about him except rumor. Okay. Like uh, those pe- those people who knew him held him in very high regard. Okay. Those people, who, those people who did not know him, were quite happy to vilify him. Okay. So it's um, a story of, of it's a story about love, endurance, loyalty, faith, injustice, and overcoming adversity. Wow. Um, and every so every child in Ireland, at some stage or another, Lancia has handled a book published by Folands, which is your father's company and your your parents' company. Indeed, Folans they have. Publishing. Indeed, they have. Indeed, um, they have, and uh, it started the year I was born, okay. and that's when the book ends. Actually, it um, starts with my brother, with my father's birth in 1916, and it ends with my birth in 1958. And the, the reason you've uh, explained the reason why why you put it together, but your father, where was your father born, Albert? He was born in Bissetem in Flanders, in okay. Belgium, in West Belgium, and he was a Flemish nationalist, and. Um, he came to Ireland just after the Second World War. Okay. Through a through a warren of, uh, <laughs> way, way, you know, 
the way people mm-hmm. do like like I suppose the Ukrainian refugees now. Yeah. You know, yeah. some some come directly by flight and some just flee and uh, there's people helping them along the way. As my father had helped people escape during the war, yeah. he then got help after the war okay. to escape. And as you say in the book, born literally into the battlefield of the First World War, Albert Folan's life was definitively shaped by the Second World War that followed. His naive uh-huh. and accidental involvement with the Nazis, his apparent fate to fight the Russians and atheistic communism in the field came to naught after his health broke down. He was assigned to an office job in Brussels and he used his post to help the Flemish resistance and mitigate Nazi persecution of Flemish authors. Nevertheless, this was to haunt him in, in later life. And as you say, that's one of the main reasons why you published this book. Is it published, is it published not published by Folans? <laughs> not at all. I wanted this book to be mine, mine, mine. Oh, okay. I don't mind. Well done. I didn't can... want anyone to think that I got help. The only person who helped me was Paul O'Doer, a past pupil of my father's. Okay. And um, what, what happened, Joe, was I had the book written. Paul and myself became friends and I, I had the book written. But just from my own mm-hmm. personal memories, friends, family, relatives, quite important people like Hans de Belder, who, who was in the Belgian parliament. Okay. Yeah, a lot of quite important people were very, very happy to help. But I had no proof. I had no proof at all. It was just my knowing my father and my mm-hmm. mother. So, but then, lo and behold, I was ready to go to print for September, October of last year. But I was at a wedding in Belgium on in July 2022. Okay, yes. And I was visiting some of the nine prisons that my father was in. Wow. And camp, various concentration camps and whatever. Yeah. Uh, and in one of them, the guy said, it was never a prison. I said, it was. I know it was because this is the one he escaped from. Mm-hmm. And he shouted at me, but he shouted so loud that somebody else came out and said, no, it was used as a prison. It had been okay. a barracks, and then the people that weren't considered dangerous were being were being held there. So he came out. His name was Eric Tees, and mm-hmm. he came out, and he told me I was able to gain access to my father's court martial documents from 1947. Fantastic! Now that Fantastic. took a little while. I had to get my I had to get written permission from my sister and my brother, of course, because yeah. family had to do that. Anyway, there was in excess of 400 pages, and that's where Polo Dewar came on board. Okay, helping. Because I'm yeah. not an academic. I'm not okay. an academic, um, Joe. I'm just, I'm just me. Well, it's a fantastic and, um, and, and really well, important yeah. work, not just for you personally and your family, but give, given the time period that it covers and the, the countries that it covers, a very, very important document as well. It really is. Well done well, for yeah. all. How can compa- it's very relevant. It's very relevant to the Ukrainians now yeah, as well, and you know. Displaced people. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and can, Alan Duke. Uh, I see that he's, he's, he's yeah. wrote about it. Yeah, the real Alan story. Duke's the yeah. retired minister for finance. Yeah. Um, Not a great politician. Yeah. People know where to buy it. Yeah, then what do you tell me? Okay, it can be bought from Lettertech. Now, that's one T. Yeah, they're a great company, yeah. L-E-T-E-R-T-E-C, Lettertech. Yeah. And um, Jennifer and Brian, I'll tell you, they could not have been more supportive, helpful, patient, tolerant, etc., etc. They were absolutely fantastic. They're based in Cork. And they're they're based in... 
Spring Hill House in Carrick Tool and Cork and also Google selfpublishedbooks.ie selfpublishedbooks.ie well done Lynch it'll stand that will stand now for many 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 generations well done on producing uh, this really important book that was Lynch uh, Folans and the book is called Albert and Juliet Love, Loss and Liberty Joe at rt.ie Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815 Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Another children's book. We featured this series before. Again, self-published by Emma Jane Leeson. And uh, it's Johnny McGorry. I'll tell you a story about Johnny McGorry. Will I begin it? That's all that's in it. But this is Johnny McGorry's Ehud Nullig adventure. And again, it's aimed at children. And it also has, uh, as with Michael Fortune's book yesterday on Wexford, it has augmented reality. In other words, it has QR codes throughout the book and you scan them and you get either images or sounds related to the uh, by the way, it's beautifully illustrated. Just let me get the name of the illustrator. And um, again, it's um, it, it says here it's dedicated to David, uh, Tina, and Amanda, the Christmas uh, professionals. And the text. Hang on, hang on a minute. This is the text. The illustrations, the design, are all by Emma Jane Leeson. Would you believe this, Emma Jane? Emma Jane Leeson, and then now, so she's illustrated, illustrated and designed by Kim Shaw. So that's a little bit confusing. But give Kim Shaw a mention. I will. I'm giving Kim Shaw a mention now. But it's a beautiful production. All the team involved, and uh, Emma Jane Leeson, illustrated by Kim Shaw, and it's very easily got Johnny McGorry. M-A-G-O-R-Y, Johnny McGorry, one word, at Outlook.ie, at Outlook.ie. Uh, where's Anita Philpot? Are you there, Anita? Yes, hi. Tell us I about... can't believe I'm on to you. How yeah, you? Grace, Grace, now you're clear as a bell. Adventures of a child growing up in 70s Ireland, innocent on the loose. Tell us why. You know, things were going south here in America and... Sometimes you have to get your brain into a happy place. And I started mm. writing these stories and journaling. And it was all about my beautiful childhood in uh, Canturk in North Cork. Yeah. And it wasn't just my mummy and my mum and dad. It was the whole community. There was Jerry Comstan across the road. There was Mary Breen next door to me. This is a time when you'd have a pub and a shop at the other side. And there was so much community and love within and it really got you so excited about things and I suppose when the riots happened here in America and there was so much going on I started Mm -hmm. writing these stories and I put them on all these lovely memory sites there was obviously Canturk memories and then there was uh, Mallow memories beautiful Mm -hmm. Cork City Golden Day memories and everywhere I visited and so and then people started helping me in filling in parts and so all these short stories came up so it was just such a lovely kind of a happy book. It's a book you'd put in your bedside locker. You'd read a story and you just would break your heart laughing well um, at the end of the day. You know what I mean? It's a lovely, happy book and, and it'll cheer you up. And you have things like you bring us back memories, bring back memories like the annuals we used to get, Wizard and Chips, uh, the Beezer annual, the Beano annual, know. 1976. And four seven eleven perfume. Oh. You can smell the book, <laughs> and the jingle and clinic shampoo and the Lee bats ah, in Cork is probably and, uh, one of my, and cousins of course of the families and yeah. So it's a very it's a very uplifting book. 
it's um, going for my confirmation up to Cleary's in Dublin, um, going out to the pier in Dunleary and... Um, there's a very funny story about uh, a rude hat going to mass in Dublin, and then there's lots about red rum. Do you remember red of rum? Of course, I do. On the sugar lump, tell us that story. <laughs> Nadie, it's just we were going to Cork show, and red rum was showing, but we were late and we missed the parade. So ah. my dad says, "No worries, we'll hop into the, we'll hop into the um, to the stables." Mm-hmm. And off we went into the stables, and we met Ginger oh, McCain yeah. and just such lovely people. There's a fabulous story about a trip to Knock. And of course, as a six-year-old, you've no interest in apparitions, but the shops and the lovely blue rings and all this, you know, the uh, and then the nice rosary beads and all this. And my poor sister was minding me and I had no interest in mass and really thought an apparition would appear just for me, of course. And it's happy, so there's lots it? of... <laughs> and, 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 and Innocence on the Loose, Adventures of a Child Growing Up in 70s Ireland by Anita Philpott. Where can people get the book, Anita? You can throw a rock and get it in any shop in Kenturk. There's a beautiful shop, Philips um, Bookstore in Mallow. They have an okay. online store. Um, there is also the Kenturk Post Office. Love them. They will post the book out to anybody. Well done. Um, there is, um, yeah, it's um, it's all online. If you do Anita Philpot, I'll come up everywhere. Okay, um, And great, if you want great. to email me, anitaphilpot1 at gmail.com. Okay. Um, I'll send the book out to you as well. Okay. Don't forget the one door or you want to a Sharapidist in sorry. Okay, don't forget. <laughs> if you if you if you just put in a neat fill pot, fill pot, you'd be putting your foot in it. You'd be onto a Sharapidist. You will so be putting it. So put in. So you have to put that one. <laughs> <laughs> the number one. Okay, well done, Anita. I wasn't on the ball by Well, you website. were. You're great. Well done. Well done. That's Anita. Thank you uh, so Philpott. much for having me on. Not Love at all. Thank you. Wonderful. Where's Michael Feeney in Mayo? Michael. Hello, Joe. How Look are at you? this. What's the weight? Is this two kilos? Three kilos? It's two kilos, Anita, Joe. It's a it big sure book. It sure is. Heroic it's Mayo. Tell us what's it about. It's really about your over the past 15 years, I started receiving letters after a previous book from families around the world, around Ireland, okay. Britain, everywhere. And I started, I put them into a shoebox. When the pandemic started, the COVID pandemic, I mm-hmm. took them out. I started typing them up, got them all typed up. I had to then go back and check all these stories and facts and all that. Then I had added in a lot of my own stuff. And I got contributions then from an amazing man called Anthony Hickey in Ballina who had written amazing stuff about mm. uh, male people who died with the RAF and with the uh, our, the Royal Navy and Merchant yeah. Marine. And a guy called Peter Mulvaney from Dublin, he gave me wonderful stuff about his Shot at Dawn campaign and the, the Second World War. Men who went AWOL from the Irish Army, he put... Peter conducted a campaign to get them an That's amnesty right. and immunity. And that was all done with the, actually with the greatest of help from Alan Shatter within the Minister for Justice, one of our finest. And between them and a lot of other contributors, I put it all together and I said, this is a, an amazing book. I went to a, a local graphic designer, uh, Declan Durkin is his name. Incredible. He done it. incredible. Like I, I, that's it dropping. And takes it's taken down half of this building. Uh, it's such such an incredible tome. And like, where did you where where did you get it produced? Well, Joe, 
the first and foremost, Declan Durkin is a graphic designer, yeah. and he done an incredible job on the book, as you can see. He, he really designed it everywhere. Wow. And he, he really done. Uh, I, I couldn't give him enough credit for yeah. for doing the job. I was absolutely delighted with the with the result and with the printing dollar. I had to fund it myself from top to bottom. Wow. I paid for wow. everything myself. Um, you know, I was writing about a, a subject that maybe people didn't know about. You know, I'm just I'm looking at the production. This is this is an expensive production. Um, there's it 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 speaks of quality. It speaks of research. It speaks of uh, operation, and you're you're brilliant in uh, your acknowledgements as well. All the different people you acknowledge. Where can people get it, Michael? It's available in Eastons of Casabar and Ballinagh. Okay. It's available in Brennan's Neo Books in Casabar. In Duffy's Westport and McLaughlin's in Westport, okay. in Kerry's in Belmullet, in the post office in Acton, and it's in Ford's bookshop in Ballyhorris and the Gem bookshop in okay. Ballyhorris. It's also available in the Museum of Country Life in Torra. And it's, it, it, you can't miss it. You can't miss it. It is a, such, well, su- it, such a, a, a massive tome. It's called Heroic Mayo by Michael Feeney. Well done, Michael. Well done. Well what done. I was trying to do, Joe, and, and I'm delighted, and I want to thank you for giving time to those who have self-published their books. Yeah. Uh, what I was trying to do was make people aware, Mayo people all around the country aware of this book, because mm-hmm. I think they'd be interested. And your show can do that for me. Okay, I want to thank you personally well, for doing that. Because it's of interest to people that are not from Mayo, because yeah, these stories, yeah. a lot of historical stuff in there, if you have read through it, a lot of historical stuff from Second World War about our attitudes to, to Nazi Germany and yeah, the, yeah. the kind of cooperation and, and collaboration with them. Um, while people were serving and dying in the wars, Irish people, and then bombs that were going off in Great Britain at the time, which really were a terrible uh, infliction on hundreds of millions of Irish immigrants that were over, over there. there yeah, the IRA campaign. That's what's been time. done by... Yeah, and then the, the being done by people who didn't care. And the soldiers you're talking about, who who uh, your your pal uh, campaigned for, were Irish soldiers who left the Irish army and uh, who wanted to fight the Nazis and went off, exactly. but they were they were exactly. uh, uh, officially AWOL, but they weren't AWOL. They were actually fighting against tyranny. Well, blacklisted well, in this country. I know that. I know that, Michael. Well done. Well done, Michael. How much does it retail for? Because I had to do everything yes, myself yes. and because of everything, 40 euros. And I, tell and you, I think anyone that gets it will, will think it's a quality it's, item. It's worth treble that. I'm telling you, Michael, it's yeah. such a fantastic tome. Well done, Michael Feeney, Heroic Mayo. Uh, from Mayo, the county, to Selbridge, the town. Eamon Bourke, what have you done with this book? A- Selbridge, the artist's vision. Thank you, Joe. Um, 2022 was the 40th anniversary of the setting up of the art group in Selbridge. So we said, how would we mark it? So we decided we'd bring out a work of some of the past artists, but many of the current artists, right? So we we, we, uh, self-published. My son, Kean, who's a digital artist, uh, sat down with the artists and uh, they explained how they put the work into the different pages. A great photographer called Ona Dueling photographed all the work. Yeah. Uh, Ina Fitzpatrick went around because it is, it's quite costly to do this I know and she this, got I know sponsorship this. from the company Intel in Leakslip oh, well and done. Kildare County Council Art Service so nearly all our costs were met by the sponsorship well so done. then we decided that we weren't going to 
uh, make any money on it. So we give the money to charity, any money that we did make. So we've given 1500 to the Little Way and 1500 to the okay. Friends of St. Rachel. And where can, people, where can people get the book? Uh, at our, on our website, abbeyartgroups.com, that's A-B-B-E-Y-A-R-T-G-R-O-U-P.com. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you log on there, I'll get back in t- touch with you. Or you can go to the Orchard Garden Centre, uh, okay. main old Selbridge, or Walsh's Pharmacy. And the other thing is, the book is fantastically produced. It's by a local publisher, Castletown Press. So they did a okay. fabulous job. They did a magnificent job. They did a magnificent job. And there's brilliant reproductions. It's called Selbridge, the artist's uh, vision. And uh, that was Eamon Bourke, who, who we were talking to. And it's a visual record by the Abbey Art Group in Selbridge. Joe at rte.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Just a reminder of uh, what's ahead over the next few days. Uh, tomorrow we're doing our annual uh, vote, highs and lows uh, of uh, the year that's just passed. Now, you know, this is the light-hearted part of the, that programme tomorrow. We give you uh, 10 highs as uh, decided or whittled down by people and 10 lows and you then vote for what you think was a high point of 23 or what you think was the low point of 23. Voting starts at one o'clock tomorrow and on the list this year, We, by the way, we obviously do not do uh, wars or death because there's no hierarchy or grading of that. But like on the highs, for example, we'll have the fact that we had our four St. Bridget's Day. We'll have Chat GBT. We'll have the Beatles single. We'll have the Biden visit. We have the toy show with Paddy Keelty. We have Barbenheimer. That is the, and the people going back to the movies, the Rugby World Cup, U2 in Las Vegas and the women uh, their magnificent performance in, in the women's soccer team in the World Cup. And we'll also have another uh, sports person in there, uh, Rasidat uh, Adeleki, the wonderful, wonderful athlete. And then on the lows, we'll have the dire cost of living crisis, uh, the weather. We had too much weather this year between floods and Storm Debbie and a, a heat wave, the RTE controversy, AI-generated music, uh, online scams, uh, the Russian Navy uh, being chased by the Cork fishermen, the Irish soccer team failing to qualify. People thought that that was a great disappointment. Ryan Tuberty leaving the Late Late Show, vaping, vaping, and uh, Musk, uh, um, Elon Musk and X and all the nonsense that he's put us through this year uh, with his various changes. So they're the lows and we'll give you the, all you need to do, and we won't give them out now obviously, we'll give you a letter that coincides with uh, that list. So if you think, for example, uh, uh, Rashid Adeleki is the high point of the year, you you just text in the letter that we will give you to indicate that and likewise on the uh, low points and there's in other words there's 20 different letters so to speak and then on Friday we have a little live line which should be great fun it was last year and then on Sunday we are in uh, Grafton Street at Marks and Spencer's Corner from 9 o'clock on Sunday morning I think that's even before the first mass in Clarendon Street normally we go around and get the world myself and Gay used to ground at uh, 8 o'clock for 10 minutes for the first mass but I think it's not till 
11 o'clock on Sunday in Clarendon Street. But anyway, we'll be there from early. You're very, very welcome. And uh, among others, you know the, the normal crew, they're in the yard. But June Rogers will be there. And I want to mention June because she is now part and parcel of Mrs. Brown's Boys. And she appeared in the four programmes there, the special four. And she's in the Christmas editions, which are on BBC Primetime Christmas Night, BBC Primetime Christmas Night, RT, and then over New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. But June, not only will she be with us on Sunday, but she's also in Taylor's Three Rock from the 28th. That's uh, Thursday, the Thursday after Christmas, in other words, tomorrow week, until the 31st, with a magnificent show. Even the, she was going through the different characters she does in Taylor's Tree Rock in Ratfarnham and she goes on there to the to New Year's Eve two shows in fact on New Year's Eve don't miss it June Rogers Rose Foley Rose good afternoon Hi Joe Hi Joe good. nice T- to talk to you Likewise tell us about your book that you, you well you've yourself and uh, Micheline Sheehy's Geffenden put together tell us That's right Micheline and I wrote the book it's called Micheline's Three Conditions how we fought gender inequality at Galway's university and won. And won, yeah. And, yes, and we won. Yeah, that's the key part. Okay, yes, <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, well, I, I wrote the book with Micheline to tell the story of what happened in the fight for women's rights at NUI Galway, but it's from the perspective of the women and, and men in the campaign for, for gender equality. Um, but it came about in kind of a funny way because I'm a neighbor of Micheline's, and mm-hmm. I just happened to work as a journalist, and um, I had been a member of the campaign from the start, and I was really inspired by what Micheline did and how she did it and what she and five other brave women at yeah. NUI Galway achieved. And um, when people started asking Micheline to write a book about this successful campaign, uh, she initially said, no way. She was just exhausted. She, there was no way she could write mm-hmm. a book. But then, but then she and her partner kind of eventually just asked me, well, maybe I would like to help her write the book. And I jumped at the opportunity. I just thought that, oh, that I think that's important. It's an important thing to do to, to document what happened in this campaign. And, and they, they really, these women challenged the system and they won. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, every university now has a vice president of equality, diversity great, and inclusion. Great, great. And gender balance is required mm. on all these decision-making bodies. Um, it's a quite, it's a great achievement. Um, and uh, and as you say, Micheline suffered initially because she wasn't promoted, and she should have been promoted, and she won her case, and uh, yes. she she won seventy thousand euro award, and and um, but she then gave that to five other women who were also passed over in that promotion round for their high court case. So it's That's an incredible epic. Right. It's an incredible That's epic. Right. Right. Yeah, okay. She, Micheline had worked at the university for, at the time, for 29 years and had been turned down for the fourth time for promotion yeah. in, in 2009. And so she said, there must be something wrong here. And she found out that only one woman of the 17 people promoted had, only set, one was a woman of the 17 people promoted. Um, and she took the case to the Equality Tribunal and she never actually thought that she would win the case. 
she um, just did it because she thought it was the right thing to do. Okay, but she did. She did one, and she gave her seventy thousand euro award to these five other women. And it has some fantastic endorsements from the like, from the likes of Lelia Doolan and Susan McKay. But the one you asked me to read out is from Vincent Woods, and any endorsement from uh, writer and broadcaster Vincent Woods uh, says a lot to me. I can tell you, simply riveting, <laughs> a powerful and compelling story of one woman's courageous stance in defence of equality and justice. It's a cracker of a book. Well done. Where where can where can people get it? Uh, the book is available at uh, different bookstores. There's Charlie Burns in Galway, uh, Books Upstairs in Dublin at Eason's as well. Um, it's also available through our website, michelinesthreeconditions.wordpress.com. Well done, well done Rose. And well and, uh, um, people can also, it's, it's actually free delivery too. Okay. It costs uh, well fourteen ninety nine. Okay, well done, and well done, putting it, put, and a great achievement and a great record. Uh, speaking of really powerful women, and uh, there is a, another book I've been handed here, Warrior Queen by Regina Farrell. You remember last week, um, the program exploded when a man phoned in from from his petrol station in Mullingar, Willie Willie Walsh. Well, Willie mentioned that his daughter Regina. Um, has uh, been through since she was what two years of age um, she was diagnosed with renal failure due to reflux and she's had a number of kidney transplants but as as um, as she says herself Gina keep smiling always all my love always I'll be forever great she's thanking everyone who helped her in the campaign but this is a lovely book it is available in Maxwell Garage of Mullingar and it's worth it's worth travelling uh, to go to Get together. It's called Warrior Queen Never Give Up by the wonderful Regina Farrell. Joe at RT.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Are you there, Killian Dunn? Killian, come in to me. I am, Joe. Thanks very much for having me on. Tell us about the book. It's called Dreams in Incarnation. Yeah, uh, dreams in incarceration. Oh, so incarceration. Well, sorry, my mistake. Yeah, no, my no worries at all. Apologies, so, yeah, apologies. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a prison book, and oh. I actually I live in Los Angeles, and I okay. got yeah got connected with a former gang member. Yeah, he was a uh, he was a crip from South Central LA, and he spent fifteen years in California's deadliest prisons. So I wrote a book about his psychological and physical experiences, sort of navigating his way through uh, these extremely deadly and overcrowded prisons in California while he was trying to disassociate from his gang and change his life all behind the bars of prison. Isn't that a magnificent project, a magnificent achievement? And um, you you had David's um, cooperation, obviously. I did, yes. So I interviewed David for about a month. I myself actually went down to South Central to his home, interviewed him, interviewed prison psychologists, Mm. spoke with wardens of prisons, and then uh, also spoke with some active gang members as well, just to uh, kind of get the full picture. And you've written, I know it's a novel, but you've written it in the first person. And it's, um, oh, you begin, the the first line in the book is, um, um, just grab it again. Uh, before I was a criminal, I was a kid. 
I had friends yeah. in the neighbourhood, a little brother, a mother and a big family stretching from L.A. to Mississippi. And on you go. And then at the end, you're very helpful because you actually uh, finish, which is great. I think great idea. Questions you might be asking yourself after reading this book. How did an Irish author meet a former L.A. gang member? You've answered that. What is David doing now? David is now a uh, successful motivational speaker and mental health professional. How true is the story? Everything that happens in this book happened in reality. Where can people get it, Killian? People can buy this only on Amazon at the moment. Okay, but it's dreams in incarceration, inspired by real, true life, real life events by Killian Dunn. And where are you in LA now, Killian? No, no, I just got back to Dublin yesterday oh, great, from huh? LA. Yeah, so I'm and home you, for, for and you're, you're after getting your accent back within 24 hours. Well done, Killian. Thanks yeah, very much. And just yeah. before I hop off, uh, I just right. have a, uh, a granny and a good friend in the hospital, Jer and oh. Miney, who just want to wish them both a very happy Christmas. And what hospital are they in? I'm actually not too sure. I just, oh, okay. you just, yeah, just got you the just, word just yesterday. Just yeah. Okay, we wish them well. Indeed, everyone in the hospital and staff and everyone who are working over uh, the Christmas period. Well done, Killian Dunn. Uh, dreams in incarceration. Inspired, like I'm I'm caught already in it. Um, inspired by real life events. Roy Elms. Roy, good afternoon. Afternoon, Joe. 150 years of rugby. Yeah. Uh, and it's, a, it's Carlo, a County Carlo Football Club. Yeah. 150 years, Joe, of rugby. And uh, the first 100 years, we already had a centenary book. So we were able to condense that into the beginning of the the first part of our 150-year book. So there's it's in total 404 pages of living text and colour, chronicling the 150 years of Carlo family club history and cataloging the thrills of the victories and the heartbreaks of the defeats in the spirit of pride yeah. and humility. And again, it's a beautiful production. Um, how long yeah. did it take you to compile it? Now, I know you said you were working off the, the first 100 years to begin with, but how yeah. long did it take you to compile the 150 uh, years of Garlow Rugby? Two and a half years, Joe. Wow. Yeah, two and a half years. Okay, and, uh, where, and where can people get it? Uh, people can uh, uh, get it in Kevin Kelly Pharmacies in Carlow Town and um, Swans Electrical in Carlow Town and the Arboretum in Lockton Bridge and oh, the also online carlowrugby.ie uh, and click on the link. Okay, well done. I'm just looking at another a magnificent book like your own one, like your own one, uh, Roy. This is Billy yeah. Phelan, and uh, his book is called uh, Saint Lazarian's GA Club Abbey Leaks. From the beginning, from the beginning, it's a complete history of uh, that that fantastic GA GA Club. And again, these are no small tomes. These are fantastic uh, records, which obviously have taken uh, an, or, an an awful amount of work and. Uh, Billy, uh, obviously you can get the, the book in St. Lazarian's GAA Club um, in uh, Abbey Leagues. Writing the wrongs of human rights, everyone I think knows Edward Horgan, a human rights campaigner, um, uh, letter writer to the Irish Times and he was um, involved in uh, practical experience, he has practical experience being in the Irish uh, Army and um, many, many, of the, uh, many of the contributions are his letters uh, which he sent to, uh, which I actually think is a very good idea for. There's about 30, 
prolific and very, very interesting and at times controversial letter and funny controversial letter writers. But Edward has basically put together his uh, letters and it's called Writing the Wrongs of Human Rights and it's by Edward Hogg and it's basically his his uh, various uh, letters uh, to the newspapers. That's all I've time for. Again, sincere apologies to so many who have put so much work into their books. Keep, keep going. And remember, if you want to write a book, just start. Get that blank page, get that screen and off you go. Um, and it, you you will be surprised, one, about what it does for your, your life and maybe your mental health even or your memories. And two, how soon, with the help of other people, you, you might be able to get it published and it becomes a lifelong uh, legacy. So well done. Well done to all our uh, fantastic writers and illustrators and compilers. And again, apologies, we couldn't get to everyone. Uh, remember, on Twitter, at Joe Liveline and at RT Liveline, we will tweet as many as possible and we hope you will retweet to get these fantastic uh, projects as uh, some much-needed publicity. Ruth Kennington on sound, BCO's Shane Galvin, Research Richie Byrne, producer Nadine Maloney. And Ray Darcy is next. 0818-715-815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie